Well, good morning. I hope everybody's doing well. You know, it's kind of one of those days where as you're driving in, my, my thermometer on my truck was started at minus 5, and by the time we got down Chris, it was minus 15, I think. And uh, somebody said it was minus 16 when they let their dog out this, this morning at 5 a.m. Um, that's pretty, pretty cold. That was actual temperature. That wasn't chill index. And I'm just like, whoo, we live in Githard on purpose. <laughs> anyway, well, I, I am blessed to be here today, and I hope this message uh, ministers to you. I know that as I prepared this last week and the week before, um, this came to me, and, and if you got your little card, hopefully everybody got one, and if not, we'll make sure you get one before we're done. Uh, that, that's just a little uh, Valentine card, right? Because as Austin said, it tomorrow is Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. So I thought it'd be appropriate today to ask the question, is being friendly... The same as being someone's friend. Is being friendly the same as someone's being someone's friend? And spoiler alert, there is a difference. Everybody say that. There is a difference. All right. And we're going to look at that today. When I was in grade school, how many were in grade school? So, some of you are maybe close to being old enough that you weren't, but whatever. Uh, no, that's not true. But we were told by our teachers to bring Valentine's cards. You remember that? Did everybody do that? Do they still do that? They don't do that anymore. That's probably for good reason. And when we brought those cards, we were supposed to maybe bring enough to hand out to everybody in the class so that everybody get one from you. So you'd put on there uh, to somebody and then from you, and uh, you would hand them out some liberally, some just to the kids that they liked, right? Is that you? You weren't like that, were you? You handed them out to everybody li li liberally. Now, I usually went home with maybe 20 Valentine's cards, and, and there were 30 kids in the class, so it, it was just about enough. I, I know some of the kids probably didn't like me because I was so cute. No, I'm just kidding. I felt unique when I got those cards, and uh, they were special to me, even as a, a little kid. However, I remember at least one or two, and this is really where I'm going today uh, with this message, but there were one or two in the class who maybe didn't get a card. And imagine that. You probably can think back, maybe remember some of the kids in your class that... Uh, we're not as popular. Maybe they had those great big wide frame glasses, as my, one of my boys called them welfare glasses because he had to wear a pair of those for a while. Some of the kids, maybe they smelled a little bit. You know, maybe they, they fried a lot in their house or some of them smelled like urine. Uh, if you remember back, they just did, couldn't control it and that's the way it was. For whatever reason, they weren't welcomed into the tribe. And I just remember, I could almost see their faces. And then the teacher would say something like, come on, everybody. Little Susie over here, little Johnny, I'm sure that somebody here has a Valentine card that they can give them. And usually somebody cough one up, maybe two. But can you imagine how that person felt? Maybe you were that person <laughs> back in the day. Maybe you weren't welcomed into the family at that time. I can only imagine what that did for little Susie or little Johnny's self-esteem. Probably affects them yet today. So today, as I look back at my youth, I see the cards... Valentine cards is a noble attempt by the school to introduce the children to being friendly. 
And maybe out of that, there will be a deeper relationship established. But honestly, I don't think it works. I don't think it worked then. It was fun, just the same, but it doesn't work. Today we're going to see things a little different, I hope. When you came in, you should have received a Valentine card, and just hold on to that as a reminder of what I'm talking about. I want you to specifically think of little Johnny or little Susie. When I finish the message, I'm going to give you a few instructions that you'll use. Fill in the card a little bit. And then uh, from there, I'll tell you what to do. Here's the good news. Most people feel our church, when they come here for the first time, second time, that we're friendly. Everybody say amen. That's a good starting point, right? Now here's the bad news. Today, people are looking for more than just a friendly church. They're looking for a church where they can make friends. I want you to think about that. They're looking for a church where they can make friends. And how many remember when you were in elementary school? Now, some of you were probably little social bugs. But those who weren't, you carry that into this stage of life, don't you? Usually we don't grow out of that. If we're, if we're shy when we're young, we're usually shy. I broke out of it a little bit because I was actually pretty shy when I was young. To God be the glory, he brought me out of that shell. Put me behind a pulpit or a mic. I used to shudder when I came up here on the inside. I still am nervous when I get up here because I feel like the word God wants to use or share through me is so important because it changes us. It's easy to put on a happy face. Okay. For some of us, maybe not. For some of you, though. Man, I see you all the time you come in here. Clarence, you're one of them, man. And I've seen you grumpy. I know you have moments. But normally, your, your percentage is like 90% when I see you. You're just beaming, man. And, and it blesses everybody. I appreciate that in you. And there are others here like that. My wife, I get up in the morning and it's like, good morning. I'm just like, I don't know. Where's my coffee? It's easy to put on a happy face and to go around saying, Good morning. How you doing today? Glad you're here. And so on. But it takes time and effort to welcome someone into your tribe, into your culture, into your society or social group. It requires that you look for those, hypothetically speaking, that look a little like little Susie or little Johnny. Those who are on the fringe who may not have been given a Valentine's card yet. Now listen to me. I believe this with all my heart. When we reach out to those people who don't have friends, I believe God smiles. And when God smiles on you, the blessing comes with it. So this is what I'm asking you folks to do. If you want to make God smile, then you need to be friendly. You need to make friends with somebody in this church that you don't already know. Everybody needs a friend. Amen? Jesus said about his disciples in John 13, 35, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you what? Do you think that includes being someone's friend? How, how could you even think about loving somebody without being their friend? You remember that place where Jesus said, now you're not my servant. Now you're my he called them friends and I believe he does that with us and he expects us to do the same with others those who are around us 
Love requires more than just lip service. Would you say that with me? Love requires more than just lip service. Love requires action, intentionality, and understanding that we are to both give and to receive love. Now, I think that's what Valentine's is like, or supposed to be like. We're supposed to give a piece of ourselves away, and in return, they give something back to you. If you're married, it's probably with your spouse. If you have kids, I mean, we used to do it up. We would make heart-shaped pizzas. We didn't, well, it's tomorrow. I don't, maybe we're going to have heart-shaped pizzas tomorrow, but if we do, it'll just be Barb and me, unless Troy and Sarah come over. But it was a highlight for those boys. And it was just a reminder that as Christians, we're supposed to love one another. And that means what? To look past our brokenness, our sinfulness, and just love each other without any requirements other than that. You do that with your family, don't you? How many of you, somebody, you got a stinker in your family? You know what I mean by that, right? I mean, they're always messing with you. You, you just as soon sometimes just slap them up. Maybe even kick them out. But because they're your family, you what? You put up with it. How much more the, the body of Christ? Everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. You know, Jesus was all about unity in the body because he knew the power of making friends, of being there for each other, of understanding that Clarence used to be a drinker, a drunkard, a cusser. I can't believe that about you, man. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. No, I'm, I'm, the same, I'm the same as you. He didn't put a muzzle on me, though. He just cleared it up. I cussed and swore like a drunken sailor until Jesus. Not everybody goes through that, by the way. Just to, just to say, sometimes your sanctification goes a little different path. You've got to corral that sometimes. We've got to love each other no matter what we look like who we are, and I believe this is something the Lord would have us do. I hope you can see that, begin to see the difference between being friendly and making friends, what it means to make a friend. We need to do both, by the way, right? Don't stop, doing the, don't stop being friendly. We need that. But to be a friend means we have to open ourselves up to one another. We have to be transparent. Become transparent. Maybe share some of the struggles you're going through. I think too many Christians today, they make it look like they got it all together. They're all that. I'm a mighty Christian. Nothing gets past... When I, whenever I hear somebody say, well, I never do that. <laughs> I'm like, give him a week. Because the Lord usually brings it around. No, we're all human. We all make mistakes. That's the beauty of being a Christian is it doesn't matter. What matters is your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life that you have confessed your sins to Jesus and you are forgiven by grace, not by your works. That's what matters. And because of that, you're grafted into the vine, right? The vine of Jesus. And Jesus washes you clean of all your unrighteousness. And now you are one of his kids. We're all one of his kids if we've confessed Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But that also means we're family. And some of you are sitting there today going, I don't like where he's going with this because I know he's going to require me to do something that I don't like doing. And I am going to in just a little bit. 
I want you to understand today how important it is that we make friends in this church. Not just, hey, how you doing? Hey, Liz, good morning. Not just like that. But, Liz, how's, how's life? No, really. Really, how is life? Tell me. I really want to know. See, I'm having a conversation. I don't expect you to reply back because maybe after you can tell me all your dirty laundry. No, I, I'm just... But no, what I'm saying, though, how many times does, hey, how you doing? You don't really mean that. You're just being friendly. Well, what if we actually stopped and waited for a reply? No, really. <laughs> really, Mary, how is it going? Great. Great. See, Whatever. Today. Oh, well, that's good. Today. I had one of the brothers tell me earlier, he goes, you know, I'm not getting old because every day is a new day. Huh? Am I, am I hitting it about right, Craig? All right, yeah. <laughs> every day I'm new. That's true. I want to share with you from the scriptures today a, a little bit about Jesus and, and an, a man that nobody liked. You can turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 19. I'm going to put it up behind me, but I'm going to read from the uh, NLT, one of my favorite versions. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich he tried to get a look at jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd so when he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road i said that wrong so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for jesus was going to pass that way the man Zacchaeus, and not just a tax collector, but the chief tax collector. Like the Apostle Paul is saying here, or has said in the scriptures, he was the chief of sinners. That was who Zacchaeus was perceived as. And though Luke said Zac climbed the tree because he was vertically challenged, I think they might call that being PC today. I wonder in my heart if this man climbed the tree for another reason. Now think about it. Chief tax collector. How many like getting a call from the modern version of this guy? The IRS. Not usually, right? And most of our IRS guys, I would say probably most, are at least semi-honest. They're not criminals. But the tax collectors during the Roman times, they were. They would take whatever they could and then some. And the people knew they were thieves. So this man climbed the tree, and I believe he did it not just to get a view of Jesus, because he was short, but for the other reason was he didn't want to be around those people who didn't like him. And this was a way that he could still see Jesus without, well, hanging out with people. Are you with me? Does that make sense? So he was used to being shunned, and he deserved it. But by climbing that tree, he could see the Lord without being in the midst of those people. I bring this up because people who have low self-esteem usually distance themselves from others. How many can say amen? Why do they do that? It's because they can't handle another rejection. Now, I hope, if you're here today and this is you, I hope that you've recognized, and Pastor Barb, if you didn't hear her message last week, you've got to go back and listen to it because it was amazing. She shared from her heart some of the things that happened to her when she was a young lady a teenager and a junior high person, how she got picked on. And I'll tell you, she grew from that. 
it could have taken her down to that place where God couldn't ever use her, but she wouldn't let that keep her down. She fought against that insecurity. She fought against what it meant to be shunned. And she got the victory. And of course, after you leave school, everything changes. The pettiness usually ends. You'll run into people later on, and I, I remember running into the guy, and I've, I've shared this before, but I, I, I had a crush on a girl in my class, and I didn't know that she already had a boyfriend who was a beast. Seventh grade, and this guy looked like me. I mean, he was big. <laughs> and I, I, I sent a love note to her, and he got a hold of it, and he made me eat it. And then he picked me up and he threw me down in the back of the classroom. And I mean, you heard my bones go. <sighs> Thankfully, nothing got hurt other than my heart and my pride. I saw that guy when I was 20, 21-ish. And by then, I was pretty beefy because I worked at General Motors in the motor plant. I didn't have an ounce of fat on me. And I just went up to him and he was a manager at a tire store. And I said, do you remember me? He goes, uh-uh. Should I? I said, yeah, you're the guy that threw me down on the ground in the, back of seventh, in the back of the classroom in seventh grade. He looks at me, he goes, I did? He goes, I wouldn't do that today. <laughs> Things change. Do you think he carried that? What he did to me all those years? No. Do you think I carried it? Yeah. I was ready to take him out. But that diffused me. And I wasn't a Christian, by the way, when that happened. What I'm trying to say is, the stuff that happens to our kids when they're young, and as adults, it usually goes away. Don't let what happened to you as a young person continue to guide and, and hurt you for the remainder of your life. Jesus is in the business of healing. Jesus wants you to find a friend, and, and I don't think it's singular, I think it's plural, friends. We have friends in Jesus. All right, let's continue here. Where was I? You'll find these people in the corners, along the walls, or maybe in a tree. I don't know. Now let's watch how Jesus extends his friendship towards Zacchaeus. Verse 5. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Listen to the, verse 6. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in what? Great excitement and joy. Great excitement and joy. I don't know about you, but every time I read this, I just feel warm in, inside. Can you picture Jesus doing this with a big smile on his face? Zacchaeus, I want you to come down from there. We're going to have dinner together. Wow. How cool. Now, we don't know if Jesus met this chief tax collector before this, but later on in this passage it actually says the man was notable so chances are Jesus had heard of him anyway but it might have been just an insight from the Lord from heaven telling him who this man was but when Jesus called out to this little man by his name Zacchaeus he immediately grew on the inside how many have seen the Grinch that stole Christmas Remember little Cindy Lou Who? Remember the Grinch? Remember the scene? And, and I would have put it up, but there's so many copyrights on that stuff today that because we show it on air, I couldn't. But you, you see the picture, right? The big green. And little Cindy Lou Who looked up at that big old monster and said, I love you. What happened? Oh, 
In the story, it says his heart grew ten times the size. And I believe that happens to us when somebody reaches across and says, hey, you look like you need a friend. Woo! Got all kinds of noises going on out here. That's not little Cindy Lou Who. What could we accomplish if we would look for the Grinches, for the Zacchaeuses, the little Susies or the little Johnnies, anybody that needs a friend, somebody that stops and just says, hey, I realize that we're in the same room together. Everyone has value. Nobody should be ignored, especially in the church specifically at the hope. Amen? Verse 7. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Clarence, you were a notorious sinner when John came and knocking on your door. I don't know, if did he invite you to church? What's up with that? John invited a sinner to come to church? Hey, we, we, do we let people like that in here? Do we? Do we welcome them? Are we friendly with them? Or do we shun them? Or both? Well, it depends on the day. What should we do? Zacchaeus, come down. I want to have supper with you. That's how we should be. But are we? Our making friends should not hinge on how popular it will make us. Hello? I find it humorous that whenever I run into somebody that, that has a third cousin that's like an NFL athlete or a movie star, whenever you meet these people, the first thing out of their mouth just about is, hey, my third or fourth cousin removed is this guy. And it's like, I don't care. I mean, really, I don't care about that. What I want to know is, who are you? You know, your value shouldn't hinge on who you hang out with. It should relate to who you are as a person. The truth is, when you're like this, it, it doesn't elevate you. It really reduces your status. Because you have to lean on somebody else. You should be known for who you are, not who you know. Just saying. Nor should we ignore someone who might make us unpopular if we hang out with them, if we're their friend. Should it matter if somebody's a drunk? Now, that person, you, you shouldn't allow them to affect you, right? Right? If you become a drunk because you're hanging out with a drunk, then that's not a good thing. But if you can remain friends with that person while they are drunk and you're not a drunk, that's the way it should be. That's who we ought to be as the body of Christ. If a person is friends with someone who is not well-known or is even disliked, like Zacchaeus, does that lower that person's status? I don't think it does. The religious leaders found fault with Jesus because he reached out to Zacchaeus, the sinner. They knew the man was a low-life tax collector. They even compared him to thieves and prostitutes. And those are just human beings with titles. 
They still can love. They still need a friend. And I believe the Lord is challenging His church to be friends with people like this. Nobody wanted to be Zacchaeus' friend. Nobody but Jesus. Notice that Jesus didn't care what others thought. Jesus' mission was this, to reach the lost. To bring salvation to his home. We're going to see that in just a minute. Zacchaeus was a very unpopular man. Did it bother Jesus? Nope. What did he do? Zacchaeus! Publicly. Zacchaeus, come down! I'm having dinner at your place. He publicly let everybody know what he was going to do. And we saw the result. Remember? Go back there. Zacchaeus quickly came down and went to his house with Jesus in great excitement and joy. It just... It so ministered to him that somebody cared. And that's what the Lord expects from us. That's how friendship works in the kingdom of God. How many in the church are ignored or avoided because they don't fit in to what we would call friend material? Because they're different than us. And as much as I'm talking about present tense, I'm also wanting you to look, look ahead. If we start reaching those who are in that place of drunkenness and sex, sexual promiscuity and all that other stuff that goes along with it, sinfulness, how are we going to respond to those people when they're sitting right next, when all these seats are full and a lot of them are filled with sinners? Are we going to require them to become clean, 100% holy, before we become friends with them? But in our minds, I think this is how a lot of churches react. They think, oh, I'm born again now. I'm saved. I'm cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm better than that. that one. They forget where they came from. When our boys went to school in elementary, Barb would say to them on their way out, now find somebody at lunchtime or during recess that looks like they're alone and go sit with them and have lunch with them. And she didn't end there with her nephew, and this was when she was younger, but she asked her nephew, who was a good-looking guy, he was popular. She said, Jim, when you go to the dance tonight, do me a favor. At least one dance, look along the wall and look for a young lady who doesn't have anybody attending to her and go over and dance with her. Just ask her to dance, one dance, and see what that does for them. You know why she said that? Because she was that girl standing. She would just wait for some guy to ask her to dance. And it meant the world to her when somebody did. So I'm asking you, church, cross that barrier. Don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them and, metaphorically speaking, ask them to dance. Now I'm not Listen, if somebody comes to you today and, and they try to be your friend, which I'm going to promote here in a minute, don't be thinking, oh, that must mean I'm one of those. <laughs> Come on, we're out of high school. We're, we're beyond that, okay? We're in church. We don't think like, most of us don't think like that anymore. But we can begin to think 
like I'm suggesting here, that we look for people. Maybe it's going to be led by the Spirit sometimes. Have you ever had that happen where you walk in and the Lord says, go talk to that person? And then sometimes he even gives you a word for them. That's what I'm asking of you. I want our church to be friendly, but I want us to be makers of friends. Come on. There we go. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. How many would like the IRS to say that to you? Anyway. We don't know if Zacchaeus did this, but I'm guessing he probably did. But my point is that by Jesus reaching out to this man, by his being willing to be Zacchaeus' friend, Jesus helped change his heart even wanting to give back what he'd stolen from the other citizens. By all appearances, Zacchaeus was a changed man. And it's because Jesus took a risk to be his friend in front of everybody else. And the change was earth-shaking. Imagine what those people would have said when Zacchaeus comes knocking. Oh, quick, hide the silver. The chief tax collector's here. And they open the door. Yes, it's not time. What are you here for? And Zacchaeus says, listen, I was looking at my books. I was looking at my scroll. And I noticed that I might have taken a little more than I should have, so here's four times what I took. Imagine what those people would have said. What? Is this a trick? Am I on video? Where's the, where's the camera? Okay, a little bit before that time. But Do you get what I'm saying? The buzz going around that community. This dude flipped his, his lid. He's giving money back. Why? Because Jesus became his friend. How many people do we pass by daily who are like this wee little man? And I'm not singing the song. The last part of this. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. That's how I know that this stuck. Salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Those guys on the outside that ridiculed Jesus for being his friend, they were not. But this sinner who came to Jesus that day, he became a true son of Abraham. For the son of man, read that last sentence, verse 10 with me. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Remember the story where the Lord talked about the shepherd? He had the 99 right in front of him, but there was one that got away. And what did he do? He went after that one. I believe that's fitting for what we're talking about here today. The people that are the church, we need to look for the one. You can see the people that are doing well. Mary, you're, doing, you're rocking it out, man. Laura, you're down here just beaming. But when you see somebody sitting there today that's just going, oh, man. Like they're carrying the weight of the world. What can we do? What can we do for them? Please, go up and say, hi, my name is... If I didn't know you, hey, my name's Norm, what's your name? Yeah, amen. John, how you, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, you're supposed to be carrying the weight of the world. <laughs> I should have picked somebody else. 
You get the point. That's usually the response you're going to get, though, even if they are that person. Because they don't want anybody knowing. They don't want you, you. Who are you? They want you getting in their business. Be persistent. Be persnickety. Go after them. Pray with them. Somebody said that before. but I hope you can picture Jesus saying this to this man with a big grin on his face. Salvation has come to this home today. Wow. I believe that the reason that this happened was because of Jesus' benevolent act to take time out of his busy schedule and make that unannounced stop at Zacchaeus' house. And it changed the man's life forever. Salvation came to his home that day. And the final verse tells us what we must understand and practice today. Just as Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost, we, are, we who are his disciples, hopefully, are to do the same. We are to look for the people who have no friends. Are you with me still? Is making friends hard? Maybe. It's easy to connect with somebody who's like you. It's more difficult when you try to approach someone who's not like you. And I want to suggest that the beauty of making friends with someone who's not like you is that you will be enriched. And as long as you're a learner, you'll learn from them too. And I think we, we clone ourselves and we need to stop doing that and start risking our nature, our character, who we are socially and invite somebody into our life that's not like us. Perhaps because we live in a world that was, that's been so suspicious, most have put up their guard and I believe that's led to our missing great opportunities to be Jesus to others and to minister to our friends. The last scripture I'm going to share is this. Maybe. Can you go to the Luke 13, 34? Look that up. This is from the message. Did it lock up on me again? There we go. Let me give you a new command, Jesus said. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. When they see the love you have for each other. <laughs> Pretty simple. That's what it means to make friends to love people not because they're like you not because they have something you you want from them but just because you know it's the right thing to do and it will grow the church capital C if we behave like this we must be intentional in making friends how do we do that? First, look for people that you can invite into your space. Again, many are gun-shy because of social distancing and all that other stuff. You have to be sensitive to that to some degree. Others, maybe they never learned how to make friends. Help them with that. You know, don't be, don't be too intrusive, but sometimes you just have to be a little pushy. All right, Be pushy in a nice way. Does that make sense? We need to rethink how to be human. We need to reach out to people like Jesus reached out to Zacchaeus and many others. I mean, I could have gone on and on with the people that he spoke to. Second, take action to develop deeper relationships. What does that look like? Well, 
Jesus looked for the outcast, in this case Zacchaeus, and what did he do? He invited himself over for dinner. Now, I'm just going to put a, put a pause right there. I don't recommend that part. Jesus got away with it, okay? I, what I recommend is you do the opposite of what he did. You invite them out or over to your house for dinner. If you're going to do that, you know? Don't expect them to feed you. That would be interesting. I would suggest again that you find a way to have a coffee or a beverage of some sort, non-alcoholic probably. That's a great way. When you eat and drink with somebody, it's a great way to tear down walls, whether they're perceived or not. These are all things we can do as disciples of Jesus Christ. So let us become intentional about how we see one another. And I'm, I'm again speaking future tense here because I believe we're going to see a busload of people moving in here. God is preparing us for this time. And I think that as we activate ourselves and begin moving in this direction amongst each other, he's going to start growing internally what we see here. And obviously reaching out to others and inviting them like John did with Clarence. Okay, you got your little card. I'm, I'm running a little late, later than I should have, but I was talking slow today. Being friendly versus making friends. These Valentine cards kind of represent your childhood. You can go ahead and open them. You might have to, if you didn't get a pen, you might have to find one somewhere. Because here's what I want you to do today. This is really easy, okay? I'm not even going to put it up behind me so you've got something to go by. What I want you to do on the front, and by the way, I asked my wife to get these, and this is what she came home with, so thank you. They're little postcards. <coughs> Excuse me. And you don't worry about the two, but on the from, put your name, your full name, please. You don't have to put your middle initial, just how people know you. But just so that you're going to hand this out here in just a minute so the person will know you, who you are. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to put two or three things in there. And, and this is mine. I, I tried to uh, send this to my email so I could put it up behind me. I couldn't, I couldn't, so I gave up. I just put on here, one, I like dogs and cats. And then I put in parentheses, I like, really, I like all animals. Um, number two, I enjoy quiet outdoor spaces. Man, I love it when it's quiet. That's not usually the case in the church. I only did two. And then on a prayer request, I put this. I put, pray that the Lord will give me wisdom and knowledge to complete my final assignments for my MA or my master's program. You put what represents you. And hopefully clearly enough so they can read it. I, I like to print but if you would do that for me, and then when you're all done, put it back in your envelope, and then just put your name on the front. It, it doesn't, I just put from Pastor Norm. Um, and I'm going to have you do something here when you're all done. This is your assignment. I want you to find somebody in here and exchange your card with them. Now, you only get one. Only one because there's only one. And here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to pray for this person whose card you get by name. Pray for them by name. Ask the Lord to bless their... Monday through Sunday, I want you to pray for them until we come together again next Sunday. And then next Sunday, if they're here, I want you to ask them how they're doing and mean it. And maybe have a conversation beyond that. Is this doable? And just because you're sitting up here, you make sure and fill one out, Tammy. How do we get to know each other? How do we get to make friends? I, I believe this is a starting point. We have other things coming this year that are going to inspire this and hopefully promote 
making friends. But right now, let's start here. You know, there are people in this room that have only been in our church maybe two, three, four weeks. And there are others who've been here as long as I have, just about. Let's get to know each other. Does this sound okay? Is this, does this message resonate with anybody besides me today? Is it easy to be friendly? Nah, it's pretty easy. Is it easy to make friends? A little harder. Because we have to step out of our comfort zone. So it's going to get a little chaotic here in a minute. Because, and don't, by the way, do not exchange it with your spouse. Or a relative. You find somebody that you don't really know that well. Maybe you know of them, but please. Otherwise, it's defeating the purpose. And those of you who are at home, we just want you to know that God bless you. We're glad you tuned in today. We're sorry that you couldn't be with us. But find somebody in your own sphere of influence, wherever you live. I know some of you are tuned in from Florida. Will you enjoy that nice weather? And while you're at it, find somebody that you can make a friend with. And and demonstrate what it means to love each other. Are we ready? All right? So everybody, everybody that's ready, stand up. Those of you who write slow, no, I don't mean to pick on you. You take your time. All right. Now, look around the room and lock in on somebody. And if you get there and somebody else does it first, it's okay. Just be patient. And go find somebody and exchange cards with them. 